The following message was recorded at Shades Valley Community Church in Homewood, Alabama. For more information and resources from Shades Valley, please visit us at shadesvalley.org. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, I love Christmas, and I love it even more as an adult than I did as a kid, because as a kid, uh, you're primarily on the receiving side of Christmas. And as fun as that is, it is so much more fun to be on the giving side. I know I'm right. Jesus says so. He agrees with me. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 35, we read, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's so much more fun to be on the giving side of Christmas. This has always been true of Christmas, even the first one. Like the very first Christmas when Christ came, the the joy of that Christmas is not merely in the receiving. No, that joy is made complete when you get to join in the giving. What, What do I mean by that? That's what I want us to see this Christmas morning. And we see it in Matthew chapter two. Begin reading with me, verse one. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. So, like, like the wise men in this passage we have before us, we at Shades Valley have been on a journey throughout the Advent season. But our journey obviously has not been a physical one like the wise men. No, our journey has been a journey through the word. We've been journeying through the word so that we might see this truth, Advent for all. Advent just means coming. So Christ's coming is for all. Christ came for all. Our journey to see this began all the way back in Genesis. We took some crazy turns through the city of Joppa, and eventually our journey dropped us into the city of Antioch, where our last time together, we saw the apostle Peter fail to embrace this reality. He failed to embrace the reality that Advent, the coming of Christ, is for all. And here's the deal. If that's where our journey ended, then we might be left feeling a little hopeless. I mean, like if if the apostle Peter himself failed to embrace the reality of Advent for all, then, then what hope is there for me? But that's why, Shades, that's why we need to make the last leg of our journey today. From Antioch, where we saw Peter's failure, to Advent. From Antioch, to Advent. That's the trip we need to make. And we're going to make it by joining the journey of the wise men. Their journey, their journey is going to reveal to us that yes, Advent is for all. That is indeed true. And their journey is going to reveal to us how we, how people like Peter can embrace that reality, no matter how many times we have failed to. There, there is hope for people like Peter. There's hope for you. There's hope for me. There's hope that we can both receive and join in the giving. We can receive the truth of Advent for all, and we can join in giving that truth of Advent for all. So let's see those two things. First, let's see there is hope that we can receive. There's hope that we can receive. That's what we see through these wise men, or more accurately, we could call them magi. That's it's the Greek word. Uh, it's the Greek word where we get our word, uh, magician. And, and that's because <laughs> that's, that's kind of what magi were. They were 
astrologers and magicians. Uh, these were practices that were forbidden amongst the Jewish people. So, so you gotta, you gotta see like, we, we may today polish these guys up and decorate them with a whole bunch of sequins and proudly place them in our nativity scenes, but that's not how they would have been seen in first century Jewish culture. They wouldn't have been seen as wise men, all pretty glory glittered up. No, they would have been seen as magi, astrologers, magicians. They would have been seen as shady at best. And they show up talking about their shady stargazing practices. They say, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship. So apparently these guys not only studied the stars, but they also studied prophecies, uh, even from countries outside of their own. Because in order for them to connect this star with the birth of a king in Israel, they would have have to at some point have read Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17, which says, a star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. They may have even read prophecies like Isaiah chapter 60 that says, and the nation shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. So these magi, when they see a star, they come. People from other nations, they come to the brightness of its rising and they come like royal dignitaries representing kings, representing the nations that they come from. They come to worship, or we might interpret that word, pay homage to this newborn king. And they do it bringing the very gifts that Isaiah mentioned. This was actually a, this was actually a common practice in the ancient Near East. Like when there was a new king coming into power, then dignitaries from foreign lands would often travel to pay homage uh, to, to bring gifts to that new king as a kind of like peace offering. Like, hey, it's great that you've come to power. We want uh, there to be peace between your people, your nation, and our nation. So here's this gift. But not only did they give gifts, this was actually often a gift exchange. Like you give your gift to this new king as like, hey, here's my peace offering. And then that king would give you a gift in return. That would be that new king's way of saying, I'm extending peace Back to you. I accept you. I accept your offering of peace and I extend peace back to you. And here's the deal. Shades, I believe this ancient practice of gift exchange is exactly, it's precisely what we're seeing happening when the Magi arrive in Bethlehem. Skip over verses three through eight. We don't have time this morning to see all the incredible truths in those verses. Just look down to verse nine and see what happens when these magi finally find the newborn king, Jesus Christ. See, see what happens when they behold the brightness of his rising. Verse nine. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So usually when we read this passage, we focus on the gifts that the Magi bring. 
Like, here's what this gift must mean and this gift and that gift. We usually focus on the gifts, but I would submit to you that they have not primarily come here to give, but to receive. In fact, their gifts confirm that because their gifts confirm that they are here in fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. And Isaiah's prophecy wasn't primarily about the fact that the nations would come and give gifts. It was about the fact that the nations would come to the brightness of the rising of the Messiah. They would come to receive the Messiah. These wise men have made this journey, these magi have made this journey in order to receive this king. Are we not seeing the common ancient Near Eastern practice of a gift exchange right here before our eyes. Here the nations are coming, bringing gifts to this new king. And as a sign of acceptance, this king is giving a gift in return. What what is the gift that this king is giving? It's the gift of himself. They are here to receive Jesus. He is the gift given to the Magi as a sign of acceptance and peace. Is that not the very thing proclaimed? By the angels who first announced the birth of Christ, he's coming as a sign of acceptance and peace. Luke 2 in verse 11, the angels declare, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And they sing about the result of this gift, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels announced Jesus' birth, they're announcing that he is the gift given for your acceptance, given for your peace. He is worth more than all the gold and frankincense in the world. All we have to offer pales in comparison to him. He's the real gift. And that's what we're seeing right here at the feet of these magi, that Jesus is the real gift. And their frankincense, gold, and myrrh pale in comparison. They're not here primarily to give, but to receive. He is their hope. He is their peace. Will you receive him, Shades? The magi are here to make sure you know you can receive him. They are here to make sure you and I know Advent, Christ's coming, is for all. They show us that because they show us that whether, if you're a high, whether you are of high social standing, able to bring gifts like gold and frankincense and myrrh, or whether you're considered socially shady, not viewed well by society, they weren't because they were magi. Like in other words, no matter your social station, no matter what nation you're from, they show us. No matter your ethnicity, they show us. The Magi reveal Isaiah's words to be true. Nations shall come to the brightness of the rising of this Christ. In, in other words, this Savior is for all. That's what we see through the Magi. In other words, this Savior is for you. Advent is for all. This is the hope we can receive but that's not all we see through Matthew's gospel this morning. Not only is there hope we can receive, but secondly, second, there is hope we can join in giving. There's hope we can join in giving. Just just like we go from being kids doing the receiving at Christmas to being adults who get to join in the, the giving side of things, Matthew's gospel makes the same move. It invites us not merely to be like the magi who receive, but to join in the very giving that God is doing. God is giving his son, the Messiah, to the nations. And you're invited to join in 
that giving. Through the Magi, we see God's given his son to the nations. Matthew's gospel ends with us being invited to join in giving God's son to the nations. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go therefore. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Give give the son of God, the gospel. Give the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In other words, join in the giving. It makes the joy of receiving complete. Shades, joy is not complete until it's shared. We all instinctively know this. You, You can see this at Christmas through every kid. Kids don't just open their gifts at Christmas. They hold them up for all to see. If, if you were to come over to my house this afternoon, my kiddos would want to show you all the things they had received. Why? Because they want you to join in their joy. And when you do, it increases their own. You make their joy complete because joy is not complete until it is shared. And this is precisely what Matthew's gospel invites us to do. Shades, you are invited to take the joy you've received in Jesus and now join in giving that joy to the world. And trust me, this only increases your own joy. It makes it complete. So join in the giving. You can, you can do that. Like I, I don't care who you are or how many times like you feel like you have failed to do this. You are still invited to join in the giving because every bit as much as the Magi showed us that all are invited to join in the receiving, the disciples remind us that all are invited to join in the giving. That's, that's who, I mentioned this just a second ago. That's who the great commission of Matthew 28, 19 is given to, to Jesus' disciples. It's Jesus' disciples that he says, hey, you go into all the nations and make disciples. You're invited to join in the giving. Remember, among, remember who's among those disciples? who are being invited to join in the giving. Uh, Among them are the uneducated, the poor, the morally repugnant. I mean, like there's a a tax collector in the midst of those. The tax collector is Matthew, by the way, the one writing this gospel. Don't forget that Peter's there. Peter, who had recently denied Christ three times and completely failed him. Peter, who Jesus knew would go on to fail him in the future in places like Antioch. Peter who seemed to stumble at every turn, and yet Jesus invites him to join in the joy of giving the gospel to the nations, to join in the joy of announcing Advent for all. And Shades, even in the midst of all of his failings, Peter embraced that reality. All the disciples did. If they didn't, then we wouldn't be here this morning. But specifically when we look at the life of Peter, He embraced this reality even after every time he failed, even after Antioch, where he specifically failed to embrace the reality of Advent Advent for all. Even after that, Peter got back up and joined in the joy of giving the gospel to all nations again. He lived the rest of his life proclaiming the gospel from Jerusalem all the way to Rome, which is where he would die no matter how many times he failed. He got back up knowing he could answer the call again to announce Advent for all. And Shades, that same hope is for you. I don't care how many Antioch moments of failure you have in your life. There is hope that you can still join in the giving. I don't, 
I don't care how many times you failed to embrace the reality that Advent is for all, you can still join again in the giving of Advent to all, in the giving of the gospel to all. You are invited once again, no matter how many times you failed, you are invited this morning to give Christ to the world. You are invited to announce Advent for all until he comes again, until his second Advent, when we will finally see what was foreshadowed in the Magi come to full fruition. In his second Advent, we will see the nations stream into the presence of the King. Revelation 21 says that a new creation, the brightness of Christ, the Lamb of God, will shine to the point that there is no need of any other star, no need of sun or moon or anything. Verse 24 says, by his light, the nations will walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it and its gates will never be shut by day and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. In other words, we will fully and finally see the nations come to the brightness of Christ's rising forever singing the praises of this King forever receiving forever giving forever joy shades. You are invited to proclaim that reality right now. You are invited to proclaim that reality from every Antioch failure until his second advent. From Antioch to advent, won't you join in the joy of giving Jesus to all? You can start today. Start at Christmas lunch with your family. Share around the table how you came to know Christ, what he, what he means for your life and invite everyone around the table to find their joy in him. Join in the giving right now, today. Join in announcing Advent for all.